Radio. This is Catholics Read on cradio.org.au. Hello and welcome to this episode of Catholics Read. I'm Luke. And I'm Kiara. And I'm Victoria. And in this episode, I am presenting um, Mark P. I never see the word P in anything else, but anyway. Mark P. Shays. Um, <laughs> sorry. Never, yeah, I, I read a lot. Mark Shay. He's always Mark Shay, yes. Okay. But he has, to, he has to put that for his author name because Mark Shay is a really common name. So yeah, he has I guess to have some way to determine him. them from the others. The, no, it's just... Okay. Anyway, um, it's Mark P. Shea's uh, The Work of Mercy, uh, Being the Hands and Heart of Christ. Um, and so, this is a book actually written in 2011. It's not, um, it wasn't... He was ahead of his time. He, he was, no, very much so, very much so. Because, I mean, you see, like, the, the, the reviews and that and the comments on the back, they're talking about, you know, that, that he's bringing back the works of mercy, that it seems like they've kind of gone a bit out of... Um, out of the thought of, of Catholicism, mm. and he's sort of bringing them into into contemporary times. And now we see that Pope Francis has this extraordinary jubilee year of mercy and is very much emphasising the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. So this book is very, very well placed um, because, as mentioned there, he, um, in his very typical style, Mark Shea is a very readable, um, very readable writer, um, speaks about the um, the seven... Corporal works of mercy and the eight spiritual works of mercy, I think. Is yeah. that right? I thought there were seven of each. Seven of each? Because there are 14 chapters. Okay, then there's seven of Addressing each. Addressing yeah. each one. Maybe So one. those are feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, harbour the harbourless, um, visit the sick, ransom the captive, bury the dead, instruct the ignorant, counsel the doubtful, admonish the sinner, bear wrongs patiently, forgive offences willingly, comfort the afflicted, pray for the living and the dead. Okay, yeah. And so the... Um, yeah, so the corporal and spiritual works of mercy are things that, that have been around for a, for a while within, um, a within the Catholic time. Church. long time. Um, something that I want to... Um, well, they've got their roots in scripture and all that sort of stuff. Yes, so. yes. Actually, and that's, that's probably a good place to start, is that the corporal works of mercy um, find their origin within um, the Gospel of Matthew in the parable. And that's the first thing that Mark Shea talks about, the parable of the sheep and the goats. Um, that you see these are the things that the um, when the people are separated, like the sheep and the goats, um, what they're judged on is um, is whether they clothed the naked, they fed the hungry, they gave drink to the thirsty, they visited the person in prison. Um, and Christ says, um, to, I don't have a translation in front of me, but he says, um, for whatsoever you did to one of the least of these brethren, you did it to me. Yeah. Um, and so this idea that you helping those who need these things, food, water, clothing, shelter, um, you're doing that to Christ himself. Um, and then you also have the spiritual works of mercy, which are in a sense um, also very much like the corporal works of mercy, but in terms of the, per- the state of the person's soul mm. um, and your own soul as well. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, um, I think one of the, the interesting things to, to start with um, that he talks about is that Mark Shea comes from an evangelical background. And so he very much shows how within his evangelical background, they have this idea of, um, he sort of talks about two things, which is one, um, salvation by faith alone. Um, and the, the doctrine, which is known as once saved, always saved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he shows how the, the works of mercy that we find within the Catholic church 
very much um, are able to show because these are things that you wouldn't necessarily find within an evangelical tradition. Perhaps they would be there, but they wouldn't be an essential because for for the evangelical who comes under these two um, these two ideas, that is the salvation through faith alone, and and also um, it, they don't necessarily have to believe the former, but um, once saved, always saved um, doctrine that. The works of mercy are a nice extra. Yes, mm. yes. That there's something that's somewhat, um, for, from their perspective, that that's unnecessary about them. Um, what he shows, though, is that with having the works of mercy, is that um, this is very much uh, emphasizes the incarnational aspect of Christ's coming, in the sense that things like um, the faith alone idea, in a certain sense, is a little bit can be a little bit abstract. Um, It takes away from the incarnational aspect in the sense that Christ did become a human person and a human person with with needs um, in the sense that he needs food, he needs water. And these needs are good, holy things. Mm. It Mm. is, you know, it is, you know, it is unholy and sinful to deny someone food Mm. or water or shelter or whatever, because what that you know we are in infle- we are enfleshed beings and we need these things mm. and so god came god came in the flesh to redeem that is of, that which is of the flesh and including all those normal human desires yeah like yeah. it's really weird for people to think of it but christopher west talks about it like you know jesus had bo yeah like no, every human thing yeah. that we have jesus had you know, jesus had too because he was a real human being and he lived in a time where there was no such thing as deodorant mm. so he had bo yeah yeah. <laughs> if you can get it's your head around that, it's, it you're halfway there. But, it, but it's exactly right, is that there's this incarnational aspect to it and that the works of mercy really do, I think, emphasise for, for Catholics this incarnational aspect. It's not saying that we're saved just through our works, which is often the, the criticism that's given towards Catholics. We also believe that we're saved by faith. But it's it all it all works together. Faith without works is dead. Yes, he he, talk, he talks about that, that he mm. says that for, that for the early Christians, you know, this idea that belief in Christ is what um, is, is part, I guess, is part of the attainment of our salvation is exactly what that is, is belief in Christ. Now, today, because we sort of see this, I guess, through the lens of, of the Protestant Reformation, mm. that can sound like faith alone, but he says that Believe, um, that the belief in Christ has a very incarnational, tangible, physical aspect as well. In a sense, it's discipleship. Mm-hmm. That in being disciples of Christ, we have to act in a certain way as well. It's not just about a belief that we hold, but that belief has to have consequences. And St. James emphasises this as well, this, this relationship between faith and works, as, as Chiara mentioned there before. So I think that's that's a good place to start, is in the sense of well, why should we talk about the the works of mercy? I think firstly, because Christ very much emphasizes um, in his parable of the sheep and the goats that this is part of our judgment um, is is us performing these works of mercy, and secondly, because they are they're incarnational, um, there's something that we tangibly do in living out our faith in Christ, in living out our discipleship of Him. Um, so yeah, the the second thing that that I wanted to talk about, and oh, I should have done more preparation. But sorry, <laughs> sorry, I was just reading the part on the admonishing the sinner, and uh, Mark Shea is very, um, <coughs> uh, what do you call it? Um, he's, 
He's not. His style is very, very. Mark Shea is very, very funny. He talks about. He's got a very. Um, it's very plain speaking, and he certainly uses the technique of going a thousand miles over that way to drag the audience one inch. <laughs> you know, like so. It's not not. It's not to. You know, I mean, I know he, it's it's very very American. I know another um, Jesuit writer and speaker who often wrote the way he spoke, and so got himself in the hot water a couple of times for writing some. What people thought were heretical things and probably objectively were borderline, but he did it to sort of shock people out of their complacency. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of like Mark Shea's using the same technique. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he, he wasn't intending a- to be, you know, but he was being extreme on the other side in order to kind of shake people up and shift them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, which is yeah, which is hilarious in in, in of itself. He has a, I mean, and he 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 is quite funny as yeah. well. Like he does have a good a good sense of humor there. Um, but oh yeah, that's right. I was sorry, I was looking for. You were looking um, for something. What were you looking for? I was looking for something. So um, so something that I actually wanted to to talk about was um in his section on the spiritual work of mercy, which is comfort the afflicted. Um, he there's this rather interesting part where he talks about um. The parable of the prodigal son, but he kind of replaces. So he quotes from, I think, the RSV, um, but then he sort of changes certain words in it in order to try and emphasize that for us, Levites and priests and Samaritans are all quite foreign to us. Yeah. Um, and so we don't quite understand the actual the, gravity the, the, and the, the radicalness of the story of the story. And so he talks about he sort of adapts it to be that it's um, that it's an American soldier on the side of the road in Iraq or, or Afghanistan who's been wounded and that a um, that American diplomats walk past and that they don't help him. Um, but then a Taliban soldier comes and helps him and pays his, his expenses for him, like bandages his wounds and pays for his expenses to be to be kept um, and, to, and to heal. Um, and he uses that to try and emphasise that that's very, we would find that incredibly strange. And in fact, I don't think I don't even think that that Mark Shea's um, thing there goes far enough. The, mm. Between the the um, the Hebrews and the Samaritans, or the Jews and the Samaritans, I think was much more enmity than we would have between American soldiers and the Taliban. Yeah. Um, in the sense that it's not something like this is racial, national, deep, deep, deep. I think wounds between between these two um and i think that's something that really like in terms of he's got there i think did i mention it was in comfort the afflicted yes Yes, comfort the afflicted that we're called to comfort our neighbor even if there's someone who it's very hard to find a comparison in today's world i guess it would be someone like today i guess it would be an isis Oh, like just, just and it, well, I mean, just put it this way: like you, it would be for in the Australian context. I think it would be to comfort a a recent Muslim immigrant. If you've got a, you know, it's particularly in if they're in a town where it's predominantly, if they're in a in a context where it's predominantly sort of nominally Judeo-Christian, Anglo-Saxon, mm-hmm. um, you know, a. Someone who is foreign, whether they be, you know, no matter what their religion or racial profile would be, but particularly because of all the hype, hype around mm. Islamic terrorism, it would be like it would be like it would be like kind of like Pauline Hanson going and comforting her her Muslim neighbour. Yeah, 
Yeah, it would be it would be a little bit. I mean, it's it Not still doesn't quite it still doesn't quite capture that. But but you sort of start trying to look there, and I think part of the reason why we don't quite understand, like we don't see it, is a testament to the power of Christianity and to the power of the egalitarian, the radical egalitarianism that Christianity is, mm. that real Christianity is, mm. because. You know, I mean, we've said, yeah, there'll be, you know, so Paul said, you know, in heaven there'll be no such thing as Gentile or Jew, servant or free, you know, slave or free, uh, woman or man. Like all those binaries that we're used to looking at that, you know, that like, you know, uh, we're condemned to be constantly looking through in this world. They don't will not exist in heaven. Within, yeah. And so, but, you know, our job here is to bring a little bit of that heaven to earth and the way to do that is by doing things like the corporal and spiritual works of mercy mm. and comforting the afflicted is one of the easiest things you can do mm. and you know you don't have to fix the problem you don't have to solve it completely but you do have to be present to that mm. person and say i'm sorry you know and say i hear you're hurting and i'm sorry that you're hurting so much you know let me you know i you know i'll stay with you yeah and that's you know and, you know, whether it's your friend with depression, whether it's, uh, you know, what doesn't matter what it is, that comforting of, you know, comforting the afflicted is really, really critical and something that we really need to uh, reclaim, especially in the age of, you know, Facebook platitudes and, you know, self-help, you know, self and self-help mm. and the self-help era. Um, because, you know, oh, gee, if it was so easy, I would have done, you know, I just would have thought my way out of this problem. Christianity says, no, 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 no. Sometimes crap happens. Um, and I hear you, I hear you feel like crap. And I hear that, you know, these are the, re- these, you think these are the reason why they feel like crap. And, you know, I can't fix the problem, but you know, if you want to talk about it, if you want to go for a coffee, you know, if you want to, um, you know, vent, I'm here mm-hmm. and that's our job. That's all we have to do. Yeah. And, and his- historically, so historically, we see, we see within the, <laughs> historically, we see within within the church that these works of mercy, especially within the, the corporal works of mercy, um, has given our civilization, Western civilization so much mm. um, in the sense of the invention of the hospital, for example. Um, you know, we have, and this is not, uh, actually, an, an interesting example of this, I think, is in recent times. I remember seeing an article by someone who I think was an atheist or an agnostic talking about the somewhat embarrassing um, for them, fact that with the the Ebola outbreak um, in was that Western in West, Africa in Liberia and uh, like yeah Liberia was where the outbreak was concentrated West Af- West Africa yeah those those countries around there that the foreign doctors who were coming in and helping were most were mostly Christians. Um, that's not because I don't think that had anything to do with with the population. That, that most doctors are, are Christian. I don't think it was that. It was the fact that these people were willing to quite literally... Pick up everything and go to the other side of the world and, and risk their lives. Risk their lives in a very, very, very horrible way. Um, well, and with very little resources too. Like yeah. they were making, you know, they were making, um, what do you call it, hazmat suits out of garbage bags. Like that it's, kind of level mm. of, you know. And this is... This is this is radical. This is not, and I think this is this is something that we kind of need to emphasize. And I probably won't talk about any of the other um, any of the other works of mercy, but I'll just sort of finish finish with this idea that that with, within Christianity, we're not called to, or I don't think that we're called to, um, and especially we see this in the works of mercy, a kind of economic analysis 
of um, of whether something will be helpful or not. A cost-benefit analysis or anything like that. We're just called to help people. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether it's seemingly useless or is it because at the heart of that, at the end of the day, sickness or health, you know, um, war or peace, anything like that, you know, at the end of the day, okay, it's good, peace is good, health is good, but the most important thing is love. And, and yeah, so I mean, you can, basically, basically, what you can't, what as Christians, what you can't do is you can't say, well, you know what, if you know, if Liberia was a much more developed nation with proper sanitation and all that sort of stuff, you know, then Ebola, you know, this outbreak wouldn't have happened, and that's what we need to fix. So don't worry about those people dying right now. We'll just fix the bigger problems, and that'll solve it forever. D- people are dying now. Yeah, like yeah, you know, you got, can't you can't to... ignore the immediate in favour of the long term, and not and conversely, you can't ignore the you can't ignore the long term in favour of just the immediate either. Yeah, so it's, it's about as I said, it's a it's about love, and I don't want to steal too much from your from your next because um, we were talking about this before we were recording. In the yeah. next episode, Kiara's going to talk about yeah. this, yes. but I guess just this idea that within the secular world. Um, there's this risk of having it being a bit too much of an economic analysis. You yeah, know, a cost benefit is this, analysis. Is this going to be the most helpful thing, in quotation marks? Um, is this going to meet certain, I guess, like, you know, before, is this going to perform well or anything like that? At the end of the day, you know, f- firstly, because grace is involved, we can never have performance. Um, there's no KPIs in the economy of salvation. Absolutely not. <laughs> like, absolutely there's no not. key performance yeah. indicators in the economy of salvation. No, no. We, we are called. We are called. <laughs> no, seriously, not a quote. No, seriously, it's true. No, it's we we we're called. We're just called to love, and we see with someone like Blessed Teresa of Calcutta, and I don't know if I've talked about this before, but um, Blessed Teresa of Calcutta. Oh, and the hysteria. Some of the some of the some of the things the that criti- some, the some of the critiques hysteria. about. Uh, about her, that why didn't she build these big hospitals or things? Like, because that's not what she wanted to do. She well, that's to do not what she very that's, sim- simple. Well, I mean, yeah, and I mean, the other thing too is the cultural context in which uh, Mother Teresa was working in too, where you got a very, very stratified caste system. The people who she was helping, like bringing into hospices, were they couldn't get treatment at hospital because they would have taken one look at them and said, "Oh, you're of a lower caste. I can't even touch you without contaminating myself." So, no. Mm, like mm. that's so and mother Teresa touched them picked them up bought them in cared for them i have heard some some uh some criticism in saying that the, the that pain relief was very cheap and could have been given better pain management could have been provided and given very cheaply but apart from that they still cared for them and they gave them Her, the best they could with the what, what they had what, what blessed Teresa of calcutta wanted to do i, I think is that she didn't want to create a situation in India, at least in, in an immediate sense, where there were no homeless, there were no people. Um, she couldn't who do were, that. Who were, she, she couldn't. She's but one she human. Could do, she couldn't do that. She could that. do something very simple and which is infinitely better. She could love them as they were dying. Yeah. And that's what she did. And that's something that I don't think any economic analysis, any cost, mm. because there is, there is no benefit to that whatsoever in a worldly sense. No. You know, there might be certain cultural things that it might change um, and, and will change, but it's not something that you could take to, to a board and say, you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. No one, no one would support that, I think, unless, unless they, had, they had a faith. Um, but I yeah. want to, yeah, I guess I just want to finish there, that that's what I think the works of mercy really capture, um, is this, this sometimes... Um, this very countercultural idea of being able to to love 
um, to love our neighbour no matter what. But I don't want to steal too much from... No, and I mean, I think it's probably a good note to finish on this and to give you a sense of what Mark Shea's writing style is. If you haven't come across his blog, I think this is, you know, this is, this is his chap- the opening of the chapter 10, Admonish the Sinner. Of all the works of mercy, probably the most thankless and despised is admonishing the sinner. No one <laughs> wants to do it except human toothaches. And people never want it done to them. I'm like, I was just like, human toothaches, that, is, that could describe so many people it's that I know when they're in a mood. That's fantastic. Um, very much Shaitan. If you yeah. ever hear him actually talk, like it's really... He probably talks a million miles an hour, doesn't he? No, no? he doesn't. He doesn't talk a million miles an hour, but like... It's it's better than his writing. His yeah. speaking's better than his writing. So yeah. I do recommend that if you ever Get I don't know, there's probably stuff on YouTube, but yeah. Yeah. So, we should we should wrap up because yeah. we want to do one more episode. Trying before. to find a oh. quote. There's a, something along the lines of um love in such a radical way that people start to wonder why. Yeah. And I don't know who said it. I think it was one of the saints. Okay. Just trying to Google it. Anyway. Well that's that is a good and place to I think that's to, a good way to end. That is a good place to end. Um that was Mark Shea's The Work of Mercy. Um, you can probably get that online, I think. But um, Yeah, you yeah. can yeah, you probably it's probably on Amazon. Probably find it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. That was an episode of Catholics Read from Cradio.org.au.